right. Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Honor Redefined, where we hold open discussions about the adventures and the experiences of womanhood. I am your host, Ariana Williams, and today I want to welcome Denise Jackson to the show. Welcome, Denise. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Thank yeah. you. I'm so excited too, and for, for multiple reasons. Um, but one of the reasons is that you will actually be one of the first people that I'm interviewing that I don't have a direct connection to. So I am so looking forward to how this unfolds and just really getting to have a dialogue with you, especially since we've already had a few conversations prior to this. And I just have learned a little bit about your history. So I'm I'm really looking forward to what you have to share with the listeners today. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So Denise describes herself as a 35-year-old mother, writer, domestic violence survivor, and aspiring entrepreneur. And that's so many titles and so many identifications. And I can only imagine where that will lead us. And so what I like for everyone to do first is just to take us down a path of your own journey. If you can just give us a sense of who you are and how you are, how you got to where you are now. Sure. Okay. So yeah, that's definitely um, a few titles and, Mm -hmm. you know, a few ways to identify, but I feel like I'm so many things and it's kind of hard to just fit into one box. Um, But I had my first child at 14. So to me, that's when life kind of started. (laughs) Mm yeah yeah and I actually had her by a um a man who was twice my age so you know from as far as I can remember I've always had a child like I don't really remember anything else before then Mm -hmm. you know but I'm also a high school dropout but I did go back to school um I didn't graduate college yet (laughs) okay you know um like you said, I was in an abusive relationship for a very long time, um, for about eight years. So that's kind of definitely shaped me into who I am. Mm-hmm. And um, just, you know, life and the people that I've met that, you know, that I've learned from, whether it be good or bad. And, you know, going from a, um, a follower to a leader has been something that's really awakened me. And, mm-hmm. you know, while I, I'm, I'm not at my fullest potential and I really can't say exactly who I am and what I am right now because it's still unfolding to me because I feel like I have so many titles and, you know, so many things to choose from that I can't just choose one. Mm-hmm. I'll just say I am what I am. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That you get to make that choice about who you are. Definitely. And I feel like, so you, um, you were saying that you have come from like being a follower to a leader. What, what's important to you about that transition? Cause that seemed really poignant there. Yeah. It's, um, what's important to me about it is realizing that for so long, I was always in somebody else's shadow. I really didn't do my own thinking. Um, I was just really insecure and I wasn't aware of my own capabilities 
So it wasn't until I kind of let go of some of those old people that were kind of, I want to say standing in my light, but I think I kind of idolized them now that I'm looking back at it, but I trusted their decisions more than I trusted mine. And Mm. yeah, a lot of the people, um, you know, that I was around, they had really bad habits. So Mm -hmm. I I picked up on that and it wasn't really until I moved away and was kind of forced to make my own decisions and kind of do things on my own, which was after my divorce. That's when I realized like, okay, I have to be in control and I am my own leader and I can't really depend on anyone to make these decisions for me because I have to live with the consequences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that there's, you're the one who's dealing with that thing. Like no one else gets to answer for that. And so I wonder for you, as you think about your own journey and transitioning into being, being a leader, um, how do you feel like that? that transition of going from being a follower to being a leader, how do you feel like being a follower in your womanhood impacted your own, your own journey? Cause I, you know, I think a lot of people go through that phase, you know, like where we, where we're followers just because we don't always know what to do Mm -hmm. and we may not always have the guidance to be able to do so. Um, how do you feel like that directly impacts womanhood, whether it be your own womanhood or just your own observation of other people doing that? Well, yeah, so definitely, um, you know, so life is new. And as far as I know, like I haven't been here before. So mm-hmm. I think it's just, you know, kind of um, important to realize that I, I needed, um, you know, a, an example of what to do because I need mm-hmm. something to you know, experience to kind of help me in my growth. But the people that I was around and and who I was following, it's like they had, you know, really bad habits. For instance, it's like, um, you know, drinking and settling for toxic relationships. And it didn't really have any goals. And so I kind of let a life, uh, you know, just no direction. Mm -hmm. And it's caused me to just kind of settle. I, I didn't really know for a long time that um, it that it was positive relationships, you know, romantic mm-hmm. relationships, because I was just so used to being around negative relationships that I thought that it was normal. Um, and aside from mm-hmm. that, just even when it came to school, I didn't really have anybody around me who had even graduated high school, you know. So once I stopped mm-hmm. going it just felt normal because nobody that I knew personally had really ever went to college. And so I didn't even know that that was a thing (laughs) until, you know, I was uh, much older. And and when I decided to go back to school, um, well, go to college for the first time, I was 30. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I can definitely say just being a follower has impacted my womanhood on different levels um just in what I'm settling for in relationships and you know Mm -hmm. me believing in my own capabilities or knowing that certain things are attainable for me it kind of just clouded my vision to where I was just following all of this negativity 
um, and really identifying with it because it was really all that I have known, you know, mm -hmm. until I just was forced to kind of grow up which is like just move away and then this when I became a single mom because it was after my divorce so I didn't have those things to kind of cling to anymore so I had to really just you know fight the good fight and see how it unfolded and it was painful mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm glad you mentioned that too like that it's painful like you know you've you've been through a lot you've had to walk a lot of different paths and uh, I think sometimes we that's part of the reason why people don't take those risks, you know, of, of trying to move away from things that they know or things that have become normalized for them. Because at least if I stay where I'm at, I know what I'm dealing with, right? Like, I don't have to worry about um, the uncertainties that come with if I move away from this experience or get out of whatever the situation is because if I go over there I don't know what that is and while yes something good could come of it something worse in my head right might might come of it and I may not be able to deal with that and so that that pain that pain point that you have to experience through different points of your life is almost really necessary mm -hmm. to make those transitions but I think a lot of people shy away from it definitely how did you make those decisions? Because you, you talked a little bit about how you went from um, being a wife and a mother and then being divorced and then now being a single mom. What told you that this is what has to happen? Like, how did you make that transition? Also, you know, making mention you went to college when you were 30. And I can only imagine that that could have been scary, terrifying, like very uncertain, just so many, so many confusing things. So how for you... Do you make those decisions to say, yeah, this is going to, this might suck. <laughs> I might not like it, but this might be something I have to do. How do you get to those places? Yeah. So I've been divorced now for about seven years and, you know, I made the decision to leave that because I recognized in me that I was changing. Like I was depressed. I didn't know it was depression at the time, but I would come home from work. I was just going to Rome and lay down. I just kind of withdrew from my family, from my daughters and my husband and even like my um, friends. So I knew mm -hmm. that it was something that had to change in me if I wanted to be my happy-go-lucky self, which I felt like I was always that at heart, um, you mm -hmm. know, but just being in something so toxic for so long, it just became a normal thing. But then one day I was just like, I can't do it anymore. So I went ahead with the divorce and, you know, I really didn't plan <laughs> for anything. It seems like, because I really just didn't know what I was doing because for so long I was always, like I said, in somebody else's shadow. So I didn't really have to make these major decisions at all. I just kind of mm -hmm. went with the flow and, um, it's just so many things that happened that I I wasn't expecting. And I just had to mm -hmm. roll with it, you know. And, you know, at the time of my divorce, I was working at a job that I had been in for years. Um, mm -hmm. And I really identified with that job until, you know, I kind of came to the conclusion that I couldn't be there anymore because it, it, it was stunting my growth and it kind of felt like... A, the same unhealthy relationship that I had with my husband at the time. Mm. So to me, it's like, hmm. I don't know. Um, I think, I don't know why. Sometimes I can be really just impulsive. 
you know, I, I okay. can feel these things for a while, then I'll ignore it. But like with my marriage, I filed for divorce and like we were divorced with like within a week. But then, you know, I knew for a while I wanted to leave this job. And I just quit randomly because I couldn't take it anymore. You know, really no notice or anything like yeah. that. So my thing is, it's like not really planning for it. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of times it's based off emotions. Okay. But that's in the past. So now I'm trying to be more logical about things, um, you know, and balance it out. But I did realize like by not having that school experience, I was never really taught to kind of develop my focus or goal setting or you know just um, planning Mm. because Mm -hmm. I had just been used to just doing whatever you know from a young woman so now looking forward I'm learning to plan more you know I'm learning to kind of expect the unexpected at times because I'm realizing that Things just happen, and a lot of the time I have no control, but I do have some control, and I, I just want to tap into that power and kind of stand in it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the that not having a plan is sometimes important, right? Like, because <laughs> we could make plans all day long, and unfortunately, sometimes those plans just don't come to fruition. Uh, and so that that goal piece that you were talking about, about not not always having goals, I can imagine mm-hmm. throughout your life has been complicating at points in times. Uh, but at the same time, I also feel like in some ways there there clearly have been some benefits to that because that allows you maybe some flexibility that maybe others don't have. And, and the reason why I say that is when I think about my own life, I think about how that's the way that I was raised, like structure was the thing, like, that's it. Like you don't, there's not as much flexibility in there. And so when I got done with school, I had no idea what to do because I had never, at that point, there wasn't, there was no more plans, right? Like, it's like, yeah, well, once you're done with school, you're supposed to go do something. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I didn't know what to do after the fact. Um, And so that just, I don't know, I think that just kind of leads me into thinking that while goals are obviously very important, having some of that freedom, even if it's not directed right away, is still also important. And so I wonder for you, how with being a mother, and having been a young mother, and now kind of seeing having seen your path, how does that change the way that you encourage your children? Yeah, um, it, it definitely in, impacts it um, in a big way, you know, but I've also realized that I didn't know some things like so in order for me to teach my children some things, I had to go out and learn it. And since I didn't mm-hmm. have that guidance or that structure, it was just kind of learn as you go, um, you know, because I realized mm-hmm having a child so young I kind of missed out on being a teenager you know a young adult um, because I was always a mother so I really didn't get a chance to just get to know myself and and get to really learn myself because I was always you know having to fit the description of what you know a mother is and not really knowing what all that entails 
so um, now that I've been through the pain, which kind of has led me to grow and, you know, just change my perspective from um, just really mm-hmm. kind of um, thinking so much about me, you know, and more so mm-hmm. thinking about a plan for my daughter because I have a, a 20 year old and I also have a, an 11 year old and I don't want them to go through the things that I've been through. So, you know, I just try to do my best to help them find balance, you know, within themselves and, you know, just really Mm -hmm. out when it's time for them to go conquer the world. But since I'm just now realizing Mm -hmm. this, as of recently, I know, um, you know, I've fallen short a bit, but I'm, I'm still learning. And so as I learn, I just really just try to, you know, teach my children as as I learn you know and just as a single parent Mm -hmm. I know that I I can't teach them everything anyway um you know even if I was with their dad like they have to go out and learn some things on their own but just trying to assume the role as mom and dad which I'm really not doing (laughs) you know I'm not really consciously trying to assume the role of dad but I do realize like they're missing something anyway, because dad's not in the household, you know, and that just kind of inspires me to kind of learn more be more emotionally intelligent, be more understanding, you know, be less impulsive. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. But I'm Mm -hmm. just really just looking at every day as a learning experience because it's always something new happening that I'm really not, expecting to happen and I I just have to kind of fill it out as I go that's um something I that really makes me think because for you with wanting to always learn every day it sounds like for you you always see every day as an opportunity whereas you know some people wake up and that's not the case it's just you know every day is just a crap day or you know whatever however they might see that but maybe just not from that perspective and one of the things that I noticed um, in doing a little bit of research about you um, is that uh, on your Instagram, you made certain to make a point about growth and like change. And so there, I have a lot of thoughts around that idea and something that really stuck out to me. One, you said that you have um, a 20 year old and an 11 year old, and that's really Mm -hmm. far apart in age. And something like for me that I can relate to that experience is that my sister and I are also nine years Mm. apart. And so I kind of wonder for you, what is, what is that experience like having to raise one who is much older at this point now, right? Like she's moving into her adulthood uh, and one who's still in her younger stage and how does growth and change kind of apply to your, um, mototherhood theories when you are trying to parent you know either one of them it's definitely very very challenging (laughs) you know because (laughs) I mean again one's a young woman and then one's really just a a child and kind of wanting to have fun and play on her phone and you know get all these friends so um just inside my home it's it's difficult because they're definitely not on the same page (laughs) Right. And, you know, (laughs) they argue a lot. And, you know, I'm not at home all the time because I have to also work, you know. So Mm -hmm. 
it, it's difficult in so many ways. And being that my oldest daughter, you know, is stepping into womanhood and experiencing all of these new things. And I'm trying not to have a panic attack because of course she's into boys. And I know, um, <laughs> you know, I know what comes with it because I, I can kind of, I see the mindset of young men um, where I am and, you know, I'm in Chicago, yeah. but just in the world, you know, and how, how they're influenced. So, yeah, just really just, again, doing the best that I can to kind of be aware of what I've been through, um, but also to not mm -hmm. be too scared to let them, you know, experience their own growth and it's going to be painful. So just trying to mm -hmm. find a balance of, you know, not smothering them and not really forcing my, all of my beliefs on them and giving them the, the right to choose um, how to feel and really what they want to do and allowing that room for error for them without, you know, just being too obsessive yeah. about it. And, and, and that right there alone is just, mm -hmm. it's empowering me because when I look at them, I'm like, okay, it's not perfect, but you know, they're really great children and I am, I'm doing something right. Yeah. yeah. I love that. That's a, I think that's important. Something that I think a lot of moms need to hear, you know, that yes, maybe it's not as perfect as other people might see or expect or whatever it is, but at the end of the day, something must be going right because yeah. look at them. Like they are surviving, you know, they are thriving in their worlds. Um, and then they're also teaching right. you, you know, something every day. And I love that you made mention that that's also empowering you. And I think that's so valuable. You said that I'm giving them room to choose. And I feel like in a world where many people were raised with this ideology that, you know, women should be a certain way, um, you are trying to do something very different from that and saying, yes, maybe this is what the world says, but at the same time, like you also still get, you still get choices. And I wonder what makes that so important to you that they, mm -hmm. that they do know that they have that room for choice. Yeah. Because, okay. So my mom, she was a single mom also. Um, but you know, it was just her way really, or the highway. <laughs> and I remember just being so upset when she would just kind of silence me. And I really felt that she was wrong at times, mm -hmm. you know, and of course yeah. you, you're not supposed to be talking smart or being disrespectful, but some parents just don't want you saying anything back to them at all. And I knew how much, mm -hmm. you know, that really, it made me insecure to a point where sometimes I just wouldn't speak up to, for myself when, it was really important that I should at the time. And so while raising my yeah. daughters, I I realized that I was kind of doing that to them at first because I was, um, oh, maybe I was just tired and I think I was scared and, you know, doing it alone is, is I had a lot of stress, but then something changed in me yeah. where I started to use my own voice and kind of speak up and not really have that victim men mentality anymore to where you know yeah. I, I didn't want them to feel like that so I, I just I think it's important to give them 
you know, time and the opportunity to express how they're feeling because they're, they're feeling that way for a reason. And I, I do know, you know, based on my own experience, what suppressed feelings can lead to. And I just don't want them going down that road mm-hmm. of, you know, coping in, in bad ways and picking up really bad habits um, because that's some of the things that that, mm-hmm. that I did. Is it's not healthy at all. And I do yeah. know that it starts in the household. Mm. And I just want to try to make sure I'm, you know, providing yeah. the the best space and, that I can. The part that you just made mention about um, uh, how, like, you were you were essentially doing what you had seen, you know, like your mom raised you in a certain way or had nurtured in a certain way. Uh, and that's a really common thing if we talk from a mental health standpoint um, and just how the brain functions that most of us do what we know right like we don't it's not like all of a sudden we you know go out in the world and we all of a sudden just do something completely different because the brain doesn't know the brain doesn't know how to do something different just like earlier you made mention of um, having models in your life and having people who um, you can learn from and um, understand how they do things and figure out how to take those things on. And so when we are raised a certain way, then when we have children or we have families or whatever it is, we do those things because that's how we learn. That's how we learned how to do things. Uh, And so I I like that part where you said, you know, like I don't necessarily want them picking up bad habits or those habits that maybe I didn't really care for and having to try and, change the way you think about it and change the way that you, you know, uh, project those behaviors to them. So that way they can also understand that there's a different way to do it. And the really important thing for the listeners to hear, as well as just in this conversation, that that's Mm -hmm. all about generational, like generational um, trauma in a sense, right. Or generational experiences, right. Like if, if we just keep doing what we've already been doing, then that just gets born into all of the genes that pass through there. And unfortunately that can't be, that just can't be helpful for every single generation. Right. I mean, your conditioning, it it plays a role um, in everything and you know what you believe and you pass that on to people that are around you, not even just your um, children, but you kind of express that in your everyday life. Um, really just how you were brought up and Mm -hmm. how you were taught to believe certain things. And I realized, you know, I really hadn't even established any true values or beliefs at all. It's just I was always left to kind of do my own thing because my mom's attention was on my cousins that she adopted. So she adopted um, like five of my auntie's children because they were born addicted to drugs and yeah. Once that happened, you know, her attention shifted from myself and my sister, who's a year younger than me, to them, which mm-hmm. kind of gave us the opportunity to kind of do any and everything. So it, it just wasn't yeah. until recently that I've really been able to kind of ask myself, what do I believe? Like, do I believe what I was taught? You know, do I believe in the limits that mm-hmm. people say exist or what do I really believe and why? And how do I want to live my life? And how do I want to influence my children? Because whether I like it or not, they are being influenced by me, whether it's negatively or positively. So mm-hmm. 
So it's kind of that that newfound self-awareness um, and what I'm doing and what I'm experiencing. And then that compassionate to where it's like, okay, if I'm feeling this way, then how is my 11-year-old feeling? And how is she expressing what she's been con- conditioned to believe to, you know, her peers and in school? So it's just really an eye-opening thing. Yeah, that's really beautiful. I love what you just said about... Um the compassion. Well, one, you also said the self-awareness, which I think is something that we have to do. We have to do it on a, on a daily basis, because if we don't, it's very easy for things to slip through the cracks and then easily become a part of us. And we don't even realize that that, you know what I mean? It was started somewhere and we had an opportunity to interrupt it, but we didn't, we just didn't realize. So that self-awareness is key, but also that compassion piece. And especially in a day and age right now where social justice issues are on the table, um, environmental issues are on the table, health issues are on the table, like just so much stuff is coming up and the importance of having compassion for where you are and what's going on in your life. And then also for the people who are directly and or indirectly impacted by what happens with you, right? Like every time I step out, you know, I think to myself, I was just talking to someone a few days ago about how, a lot of people at this point due to COVID uh, are, are dealing with higher levels of anxiety. And I can see it even when I go to the grocery store and I hear the way that people in the line talk to the, the, um, the cashier, right? And there's just like this, mm-hmm. this, this tense feeling that's just constantly going on, right? And that's someone who, yeah, I'm having a direct contact with, but I don't directly know that person and so the things that come into play when we are not dealing with us so that self-awareness and then not having compassion for the fact that man you know today has been a tough day maybe for a a multitude of reasons but that how I project my mood and my feelings onto someone else impacts them right so then they take that home to whoever and maybe this person yelled at them in the line and (laughs) you know, and whatever. And now they're yelling at their kids at home and telling their, you know, their partners or whoever lives there, like all these things. And so it's just, it's really just a a full circle of, definitely um, of connection, which I don't think we always think about. So I'm glad that you, that you think about that. And you're just able to really hold space, um, not only for yourself, but for your children as well, as they are walking through. I'm trying, it's really hard to kind of be mindful of that every day because a lot of times I'm preoccupied with my own stuff, but I still have to, you know, let them know that their feelings are valid, you know, and I have to admit when I'm wrong also, mm-hmm. because I do, um, you know, lose my patience because it's a lot, you know, just being a woman and then being a, a single parent. And I don't want to take that out on them because I, I realize how easily the energy transfers. As you said, I could just be having a bad day and, you know, say something a certain type of way and not really even mean it like that. But if my daughter picks up on it, Mm -hmm. now I realize how now she's internalizing it and now she's transferring it to my other daughter. (laughs) So now we're all in a bunk. Yeah. So it's a hard thing to kind of be mindful of it. And it's like a a constant um, process of just like purifying my mind, if I'm being completely honest, which is really challenging, like you said, when all of this wild stuff is going on outside in the world. Um, so 
mm-hmm. but I'm trying. You know, and I'm, I want to give myself credit for that because otherwise I'll just be overwhelmed and everybody around here be depressed because we're kind of vibing off of each other. Yeah, just passing it around. With the, the purifying your mind, can you tell us um, what are some things that you do to try and hold it all together? Because you're doing a hell of a job. So what do you do to try and purify your mind, just stay mindful and to be there for yourself while yes, also being there so for your family? Things. So recently I've been joining a bunch of groups on Facebook. Um, one is a domestic violence survivor. Okay. There's like healing for women. And, you know, these women, they post what they're going through really in real time. And just they share some stories that they've been to been through that's been really traumatic. So one thing that I try to do is be positive and, you know, spread love and light when I'm online to other people, because that kind of lessens what I'm going through. It lets me know that somebody is, you know, feeling worse than what I'm feeling. And it's not really about me and they, Mm -hmm. they need, um, you know, to be uplifted. And I think that trying to uplift and empower other people, it kind of automatically uplifts and empowers, empowers me because it lets me know that, you know, you yeah, while I'm all, while I'm I'm important, you know, um, but it's just not all about me. So just being able to, let somebody else know like it's okay or I'm here if you want to talk um, because it's it's therapeutic and it helps me also so that's one thing um, yoga is another thing I don't do it as often as I would like to anymore and I know a lot of people are against okay. it but that has nothing to do with me <laughs> I enjoy my yoga because it just helps me <laughs> to kind of go within and face my and the thoughts and kind of sort them out so that and I write mm-hmm. a lot mm-hmm. like that's one thing that's kind of it's what what's helped me to I believe stay sane just throughout all of the stuff that I've been through and not playing a victim but I really I didn't realize until recently like the um, effects of domestic violence can really last and then you can start having all of these side effects years after it's you know, it's, it's already occurred. So just yeah. kind of going within um, and sort my feelings out on paper. It's kind of helped me to really understand why I am the way that I am, why I feel the way that I feel. And it's just led me to really just be more compassionate to the people that I feel like um, have wronged me and not saying that I'm reaching out to them or anything like that, but it just makes me wonder like what have they been through to kind of make them who they are and we all are mm-hmm. you know at a certain level of consciousness and it may not be um equal to the next person so I just want to be able to respect the next person and their journey and by doing that it just makes me oh it just makes me grateful you know for for my experiences whether they be bad or good so so you said, so I like the, the, the point about, um, you know, being on Facebook groups or just finding people who you can talk to and communicate with. And um, I'm a huge advocate for yoga. Um, I think that when we talk about how we process, how we process information, our minds, unfortunately, people, everybody thinks that, oh, not everybody, I shouldn't say that, but it, it's often 
touted that people can um, figure everything out via just like using their brain and thinking through things, which you can, you can process a lot of stuff when you think through things. But the challenge is, is that not everything is accessible at the time in which you want to think about it. And so yoga allows you the opportunity to take a step back and um, attach with what's going on with your physical body and how your Mm -hmm. physical body is working through whatever information you're trying to process. Uh, And that's why they actually now Mm -hmm. do like trauma informed yoga for people who are experiencing things so that they can learn to understand how their body is responding to the things that they're thinking. So that way they can, in a better way, create build up a better tolerance for some of those disruptive thoughts that might happen and figure out how to regulate their minds and their bodies um, through that process. So yoga, if you don't like it, it it is what it is, but I am a huge advocate for yoga. It's, it really, I agree with you on that piece. Um, And something I wanted to say too about the, you made mention that you write a lot, which I'm, again, a huge advocate for journaling and just getting your thoughts out of your head, because if we can get them out of our brain and on the paper, it makes it a little bit easier to make more space for other things. Um, But you made mention about how with your experience with domestic violence that you didn't know how long trauma can last uh, after experiencing something. And I 100% agree with that. You know, we kind of um, talked about our own traumas and just the relationship to that. And I think that the, the frustrating thing for a lot of people is that we don't realize that the body and the brain have to go through Mm -hmm. so much healing and and not even healing in a processing way, but just like literally trying Mm -hmm. to calm itself, I guess you'd say, um, so that it can begin to unlock those traumas. And the frustrating thing, I can laugh about it now, having done some of my own work, but like the frustrating thing is, is like the minute you feel like I got it all figured out, (laughs) it's like the minute that your brain's like, exactly, here we are. (laughs) right deal with me (laughs) so for you if you could maybe whatever you feel like is important around um domestic violence what do you feel like is something that people really need to understand and um maybe if someone's listening out there and they don't know how to change their circumstance um or maybe they're walking through their trauma now, you know, maybe they've gotten away from it. Just what are some things that you believe are really important for someone who may have experienced that previously or might yeah, be in a situation um, like that right now? To, for women to know that they can leave and they can rebuild their own lives and they don't have to stay, um, you know, and they should reach out to someone. It's not okay for anybody to abuse you whether it be verbally or physically sexually whatever it's not okay and um we should not be trying to you know accept it or rationalize it or make sense of it because it does not make sense um I would also say that it has nothing to do with Mm -hmm. that person like I knew it had nothing to do with me but Mm -hmm. the choice it is up to me you know to to leave and to not keep making excuses because the person, like, they're sick. They need help. And it's something that they've been through that's kind of, you know, manifesting them abusing you. So I would just say that 
it's okay to start over and it's okay if this that relationship you know is not working it's it's not okay to force things um but i do believe and i am you know a walking testimony that you can start again and you can be stronger and you can do it on your own um a a friend of mine well a friend of the family um her boyfriend killed her like he shot her and who knows how long she was even going through domestic violence before because we don't speak out i stayed in for eight years and i ignored the signs in the beginning because i i had never experienced anything like that and i didn't know what to do you know i was embarrassed and i was so many things but i still stayed until something changed in me you know and that was just wanting to be a better person for my children because I was kind of pushing them away because I was trying to process everything. Mm-hmm. So I would just say, don't be afraid to leave. Like yeah. you can leave. People will help you. Um, you don't have to depend on that person for money. I know people don't want to go and live in shelters, but that's a start. And people will welcome you in their home to get you um, away from that. So it's so many things. Yeah. Yeah. You just got to find the, those safe the places. know that like you are worth it. Like you can do it. And you just have to keep telling yourself that. And until, so, you know, your body aligns with your words, your actions aligns with what you're saying, because you know that it's not right. Right. But for whatever reason, we make excuses and we deal with it, but it's not right. And it's not okay. Yeah. And it has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with your abuser who needs help. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I think that there's there's going to be someone who's listening to this who needed to hear what you had to say. And I think that part right there at the end for me was is really key to have heard, you know, that it's it's not about you. Right. It has nothing to do with you. You just are the focal point of that person right now. And they are having to walk through whatever their, you know, whatever their history is that's keeping them in that space. Um, and I think that we we don't know. We don't know, like, what those signs are. Like, we don't know um, that it's not us. And I, I have... I, I would, I don't want to call it mild, but I've experienced my own things in relationship to that, that as you said that just, it hit something in me because something that I struggled with during that point in time in my life was feeling like it was me. Like, obviously I'm doing something that is instigating whatever this behavior is. And so not knowing how to even Mm -hmm. lean on other people because you don't really know what to say. In my experience, I didn't really even know like what to say. Cause it's like, oh, he's not, you know, he's not physically hurting me. Like nothing's wrong there. So it must just be a, you know, it's just a relationship thing. Like it's just something that we're supposed to work through, you know, or whatever the case may be. And, mm-hmm. um, and that's not me talking crap on this person. Cause over the years I've, I've learned that just like you said, you know, everybody's got their own history and things that they have to figure mm-hmm. out about their their stuff. And I now know that that is what was contributing to their experiences, but I couldn't in the moment, it's so hard to separate the two, you know, or to, to not see yourself as the issue versus just a factor. Does that make sense? That's so important because we'll take all the blame 
and we'll make excuses for it and we'll focus on the good part of them and just completely ignore the part of them that could really kill you and not just physically but you know emotionally and spiritually yeah so i mean it, it's it's so complex and abuse is, is it's yeah. it takes so many forms um but i feel like it's always something inside of us that lets us mm-hmm. know and it may be that fight or flight or surrender thing you know that we all have but we know that it's not okay yeah, yeah. we can't make excuses because what if this was our mother, our sister, or somebody going through that, how would we feel? And what would we want them to do? And so kind of shifting perspectives a bit and, you know, taking yourself out of it and just saying, what if this was my best friend going through this? Like, what would I want her to do? And really just taking your own advice. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. Take that. (laughs) Read that. (laughs) I've been there too many times, way too many times. (laughs) Um, something I did want to, I, as we were getting ready to make this call today, um, something I realized today is that today is, so as we're recording for uh, for the listeners, today is August 10th, 2020. And I found out that today is world mental health Uh, day. Did you know that? I didn't know. Um, Because I feel like this is, this all ties into it, right? Like we talk about the trauma and we're talking about um, domestic violence and just mental health in general and how all of those things are impacted. So I just thought that was so um, uh, indicative of the conversation that we're having today. And when, when we, when I saw that, I was like, oh, I have to make sure that people know just how important it is like to, to deal with your mental health. I always tell people If you do not deal with your mental health, it will deal with you. And it's going to deal with you at a time where you do not want to deal with it. So be active in pursuing those things. And it's okay if you're not ready to get into all of it right away. There's nothing wrong with taking your time in understanding your own mental health. But the reality is we all have it. Like, I think some people try to say or act as if, you know, oh, I don't have I don't have issues or I don't have problems or I've never faced trauma or I had, you know, all these, I haven't. Right. But the reality is, is if you have a brain, you have mental health, which means that you have to make sure that your mental health is in order because at the end of the day, the people who depend on you, whoever those people are, cannot really depend on you. It it really is. And like, if you don't have, it's essential, um, you know, the, the power or just the ability to kind of, use your mind in a way that's healthy you'll use it in a way that's unhealthy it's no in between and we all have things Mm. that we have to deal with and a lot of the times Mm. it's things that we were taught before we can even remember it's things that we picked up on from um you know the people that raised us or in school and we just carry it along with us as baggage and then it turns into anxiety and we wonder why we keep you know reliving this certain thing over and over again but your mental health is everything because it's how you function. And if it's not in order, you can't work. You can't have healthy relationships, mm-hmm. you know, and you can really develop a disorder, <laughs> you know, if you're not really um, careful of yeah having an outlet and how you're coping with stress because it's inevitable. Like life is constantly changing. We're losing people. The world is in an uproar right now. It's like mm-hmm. we fight the internal war most of the time just on trying to choose what to do. So yeah. it's like we have to really assess our own self instead of 
being so quick to judge the next person or how we feel they should do this or why didn't you do it this way? And instead of thinking it's that people should conform to us, we need to worry more about why we think that they should conform to us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 100%. 100%. So all the things that Denise and I are saying today, you guys, whatever yeah. you got going on in your life, deal with it. Just deal with it. And take this day. By the time you guys hear this, I know right. it'll, it won't be October 10th anymore. But every yeah. day can be World Mental Health Day. Right. Right. Like doing self-care, doing your coping, finding someone you can talk to, dealing with your stuff. Every day you get a choice to do that and you you will be better for it. And you're so important, even with just like organizing, Um, you know, just getting your life together, whether it's organizing your finances or your closet. Mm -hmm. Like you have to be able to mentally rise to the occasion in order to do that. And, you know, without that mental capacity or just the awareness that you can do it and that you're not perfect and it's okay. Um, it'll kind of manifest in negative ways like mm-hmm. anger and anxiety and guilt. And it's all fear-based, but if you do the work, like you can be better. You can be more calm. You can have better relationships. Yeah, you have, you yeah. have that opportunity. You just got to be willing to put oh. in the work. And know that there might be pain points that come (laughs) with that work. It's definitely going to be painful because (laughs) once you start doing the work, you'll realize that you play a part in everything that's going on around you. It's like you play a part in it. I mean, I don't know Mm -hmm. how true this is, but as far as how I'm processing things and understanding it, like the choices that we've made in the past is kind of what's gotten us here in this moment today. And so the choices that we make today is what's going to lead us to where we mm-hmm. want to be in the future or, you know, in the direction that we're heading. And if we don't sort those things out, like we're still going to go into the future, but it, it could be more chaotic. <laughs> you know, things could still be in an uproar. Yeah. The um, Something to sum up what you just said. I saw a quote, um, forgive me for not knowing who said it. So if somebody knows who says it, let me know. But uh, I'm just summarizing what it says. But you may not be responsible for your wounds, but yeah. you are responsible for your healing. And I thought that like in for me, that applies to my own life because of the things I experienced at such an early age and having to learn I didn't really learn uh, until probably I'm 34 now. So not until I was in like my thirties that I needed, that there was something that was tied to how I had been doing things and I hadn't unlearned that yet. So everything I had done up to that point was based on this old ideology based in the wounds. And you said it before, like that victim mentality, someone help me someone fix me uh and then not until I started to realize all the things that had happened and the things that I needed to personally deal with could I even begin to deal with my healing and know that my healing was my responsibility exactly. and, and that no one right. else could and heal so we for have me to, you know hold ourselves accountable mm. for the things we're committed to um and the first thing that we need to be committed to is our own self yeah. and healing and really getting to know ourselves instead of seeking validation or approval from other people. We have to own up for the things that we've chosen to do, like the choices we've made and kind of forgive ourselves for it 
you know, because sometimes we make bad decisions, but that's how we learn. Um, but, you know, we also have to try to be more intentional yeah. about what we're doing in the current moment because it's going to help um, the future manifest in a certain yeah. type of way. And if we want change, we really have to do the painful, yeah. dirty, <laughs> hurtful, sometimes guilty, um, you know, mm. the work. And it, it's no shortcut. Yeah. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I wish there was. <laughs> I'd pay someone for a shortcut. I'm telling you. <laughs> Get me there. Okay, so Denise, I really want to make sure that I ask you about some because something earlier when I was uh, telling the listeners about who you are, uh, we made mention that you're an aspiring entrepreneur. Can you tell us a little more about what that means okay. for you? What is so, what is aspiring entrepreneur? What are you working? I'm working on, on a few things. I'm working on um, really just right now, okay. trying to figure out a way to help the people around me and whoever, you know, comes across my path in the future, whether it be online, just to um, believe in themselves, believe in their own abilities, you know, and just to kind of encourage people to go inside and to listen to that voice is telling you and that has been telling you probably for years, at least for me and my own experience, it's always been something inside of me that wanted to share my story um, in, in hopes of helping young girls or women not experience some of the things that I've been through and mm -hmm. some of the things that people um, that are really close to me, some mm -hmm. of the things that they've been through, um, like sexual abuse, domestic abuse, uh, because those things kind of, they play on your confidence. And I've been really insecure. I didn't realize how insecure I was yeah. until I started doing the work. So definitely podcasting any way that I can kind of use my voice and my skill skill set to um, encourage women, you know, to try to be the, the best that they can be um, to let them know that they're not alone you know, and their struggles, because we all have them, and to let them know that they don't have to go to drinking, or smoking, or whatever else in order to cope, but they can just kind of go within and be calm, and relax, so if I can do that full-time, <laughs> yeah. You know, I would, um, I'll definitely be happy mm -hmm. with yeah. that. So the, I can't wait to no. hear, um, when you, cause this is not out yet. Right. Oh, and now that I said it, I'm like, I need to do it for real this yeah, time. Yeah. <laughs> so that was the number one thing. Um, I've talked about it on, um, Instagram before, as I was getting the rollout of this, that I, so a year ago now, the two weeks ago, I think two two weeks ago, a year ago, uh, I went to a here in Kansas City. They have a thing called Global Entrepreneurship Week. I think it's all over the country, but th this is specifically here in Kansas City. And I went to a um, like a seminar about how to do a podcast. And um, it was I can't mm -hmm. remember the title of it, but it was essentially like turning your po your passion into profit. And I knew when I went there, I was like, I have got to walk away with something really important. And so from that day forward, uh, the the um, what, what do they call that? The 
the host of it or the facilitator. Her name is Angela Pugh. She runs her own podcast. It's called Addiction uh, Addictions mm. Unlimited. And she's awesome and amazing. If you guys uh, have never heard of her, go check her out. Her podcast is wonderful. She speaks to so many important things that people who are dealing with addiction are going through. But anyway, <clears throat> she came and she did a facilitation on how to do this. And mm -hmm. I remember her distinctly saying, you have got to put a date on whatever it is you're going to do, because if you don't, then yeah. it's going to be easy to keep moving the date and, you know, and all that stuff. Okay. And so from that day forward, I was like, all right, a year from now, this podcast is coming out. And so I, I was getting really close to that date. And I was like, crap, I haven't done anything. I mean, I had done a bunch of work, like all the back stuff, but I was really nervous kind of tying that into what yeah. you're talking about insecurity and, and just confidence. Right. I was really nervous. I was like, how am I going to do this? Like nobody right. cares or, you know, I, maybe I don't know enough people or, you know, how do I, how do I make sure to yeah. support the voices who want to come and maybe share their thoughts? And so finally I said, you know what? At this point, like I've done all the work, it's just about doing the interviews and getting them out there. And so um, I think I initially wanted to have it out by August, the end of August of this year, which I didn't make the cutoff of publishing my first episode. However, at, up to that point, I had finally done an interview. I had done it like last minute in August. And so... I was like, okay, I got to right. re, I got to readjust. I know I'm obviously not going to make that August date. And then in September yeah. I said, okay, this is going out there. Like I'm going to make it happen and it's just going to do it. And what's really crazy is all the things that I was so nervous about <laughs> happening, at least up to this point, haven't happened. But I know that had yeah. I not set that date, like you were right. just talking about that, I wouldn't have ever I just would have never done it or I would have, uh, you know, found another reason not to. So you're right. You've said it now. It's October 28th. And even if you don't, that's what I'll say. Even if you don't do it by then, what it allows you to do is say to yourself, okay, why, why didn't it happen? What were my obstacles and how do I move around those yeah. obstacles? So that way I can, you know, readjust and set a new date. So yes, October 28th, you guys can go find the information to find her um, on Instagram uh, when you guys could look in the show's description. So I will have her info for Instagram there. And by the time that this episode comes out, we will be all very hopeful and excited to listen <laughs> like, to your podcast. A part of me is saying like, yeah, I said October 28th, but I didn't <laughs> say what year. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but I really want to do it. Like, That's I really fair feel too. Like, That's you know, fair I've been putting too. it off for a while. And I can add to, you know, what's already out there and maybe sharing my story will help one person. And that's okay because I do know that it's so hard when you get into that dark place and yeah. you not a lot of people um, recover from depression and it's, it's really a, a sad place to be. Like my oldest daughter, she True. suffers from anxiety and depression and, you know, it's heartbreaking to see that because. I haven't really, of course, I haven't experienced life through her eyes, so I, I don't know how she's processed things, but I see what not expressing mm -hmm. yourself, whether it be in a podcast or a song or anything, and just keeping that in, it could really, you know, tear you down, and you can get so low that yeah. it, it could take a lifetime to get back up, and you know, if I could just kind of use my voice and my experience and, yep. you know, my own creative ability that we all have, because we all have 
something that makes us unique. And we all have a gift and we all have this special power. But if we could just get past, like you said, the excuses mm-hmm. or I'm not good enough or I don't know what I'm doing or what is this person going to think and what is that person going to think? Um, if I, you know, if we could just pull it all together and and put it in one place and kind of organize it and just put it out there. And I know that it's not going to be perfect. Like I'm not aiming for perfection. I'm not anywhere near, I don't even want to be perfect. Like I, I, you know, I'm just a a, a black girl from Chicago. Right. Um, But it's a a lot that comes with that. And my story is unique, Mm -hmm. just like the next person. But I feel like to keep denying myself, like this inner voice who's like screaming, to be heard and you know just to express ourselves to keep doing that I feel like it's yeah. it's sinful and it makes me feel really guilty um because I, I see all of the women that I come across all the time mm. and I know that you know I can shed light but why not just organize it put it in one place like stop being my own um enemy get out of my own way and just go ahead and do it. So I'm going to (laughs) try and I'm going to do it. I'll just say, I'm just going to do it Mm -hmm. because it comes to the point where like it, it, you can't really collect any more information. Yeah. You can learn as you go, but you definitely have to apply what you've learned already. Like I can't write another page. I've I've written for years and you know, I have it all together on paper, but just putting it, and action is just something that I've struggled with, but I'm overcoming. I'm claiming it. <laughs> Claimed. <laughs> you know, um, you know, you said like, I can't keep, like, I can keep doing that research or I can keep, you know, trying to find how, how to do more things, how to make it better. But it's, you know, at some point it has to come out. And I'm, I am so much that person. I can't even right. tell you, like, I will research to death. Like, I will just research, 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 research. Right. And then it's like, wait, well, what do I do with that research? <laughs> like, what's it done? And I realized that's kind of my hangup. Like, I think that's part of my, you know, earlier you mentioned fight, flight, um, or freeze. And I think that's my, that's my flight. Like, I'm not, I'm not ready to get in the fight, but I'll do everything to stay away from the fight. So yeah. I'll just keep researching. Right. So that way I don't have to deal with the fight. And that I think that for me, this venture has been that like having to just say, you know what, I'm just going to jump in this pool. I don't know what's going to happen when I do it. I don't know if I'm I don't know if I'm good enough. I don't know if I'm confident enough, but I'm just going to have to see what happens. And if I stumble, I stumble. If I, if I don't stumble, then that's great. Right, you know, but right. at least I did all this research. I got my clothes. You know, someone so once told me that, you know, and so he had a, this guy, he had a master's in yeah. um, library science and something else. And so this is when I was working at my job that I was at for 12 years. And he would just pass through and mm. tell me all of these things and ask me all of these questions and then give me the answers because of course I didn't know he would ask me stuff about like mosaics and things like that because um you know he studied it for so long but then he was like well Denise said you know what it's just worthless trivia because he's not really using it he's just he's holding on to this knowledge but how are you really putting into action so study writing things down Mm -hmm. and still having these conversations and expressing what I know it's like it's really worthless trivia unless I'm using it and organizing it and applying it to you know a certain um, part that you know I'm trying to express a certain place that I'm trying to 
help, I have to be intentional about where I'm sharing this knowledge. Otherwise, it's just there. And knowledge is only power if you use it and apply it. So this is exactly why, listeners, as oh. soon as her podcast is out, like, <laughs> we're going there. We have to listen because you speak truth. And everything you just said made total sense. I was thinking to myself, I'm like, God, I love trivia. Is that why I research so much? Is that, I just need to put it out when yeah. it's necessary, you know, just being intentional about what we yeah. speak to. I think that's really valuable. And so tell me this, um, for you, when we, I, you know, I always like to kind of figure out what people are focusing on right now. What are some of the things that are really, um, are taking up some space or mental space for you? And so are there any current events these days that are impactful to you or anything that you're really trying to keep uh, your eye on? A long time ago, I kind of stopped watching the news and reading the newspaper and reading these blogs because it was just so depressing. Okay. And, you know, it made my own things that I was going through, it just kind of made it so much worse. But of course, then COVID hit and it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. So I, I could no longer um, ignore it. So um, I have my eye, to be honest, just on um, this whole COVID and Donald Trump situation. Mm-hmm. Like, I know we're in a state of emergency with, um, you know, yeah. the numbers steady, steadily increasing in some states um, due to, you know, people contracting it. But this whole thing with Donald Trump and I don't want to, I'm not judging this guy. And, you know, because we, we all, we've had a good heart. Mm-hmm. Like, at least that's how I believe. But I just don't know if it's true or not. And just trying to see what the outcome is going to be because to me in my experience it's like every time it's time for election is always something that kind of distracts us from that and I'm just wondering if this whole COVID and Donald Trump thing is one of those things Um, so I don't know Mm. I'm not really obsessing over it but I find myself just looking into it every couple of days Um, I'm just not a big fan of getting all of my information on from offline because a lot of it, you know, it's fake and it's depressing. Mm. So yeah, that and then yeah. um, I'm following the this whole pro-choice, pro-life, um, you know, abortion thing. Um, someone posted on Facebook mm-hmm. about it, and then they received so much backlash because they made a statement saying something like, "Well." Um, you can't truly love God or have faith if you believe in pro-choice. And so just kind of seeing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what, <clears throat> excuse me, people are really saying about that and really asking myself, how do I feel about it? Just something I'm kind of yeah. going back and forth with. Yeah. So that thing. And then I'm trying to see, is there anything else that I'm following in the media? Not really. Like the media this year, it's been too um, hard for me just with, you know, the death of few people. Yes. You know, so, but yeah, that's, that's just really it. I try to just focus on what's in front of me. Of course, you know, I can't really completely ignore what's going on in the world, but I've decided, you know, just with um, everything that's going on, just focusing on myself and my family that's what's most important to me right now. Yeah. 
just keeping your family okay and just dealing with right, that part. Right. Because all um, the other stuff is going to happen. I mean, regardless. I care, but I can only care so much because, okay. you know, I, I'm not directly impacted by it right now. And what's right in front of me is kind of like what's taking all of my energy. So I really don't even have the time and energy to kind of give to what the media is putting out there to really be affected by it because I'm already at a certain level <laughs> and I can only take so much. Yeah. Well, and that's also, that speaks right to, <clears throat> excuse me, the whole um, mental health, right? Like knowing what we can and cannot deal with, what is our tolerance level for certain things and knowing when to set healthy boundaries right. for additional information, right? So if I, if I've got a lot going on in my life, do I need to be watching the news every day? Well, maybe not. Maybe I need to find another way to at least know what's going on, but not be like inundated with that information. Um, because maybe not everything that's going on in the world has a direct impact on me. And it doesn't necessarily mean I don't want to know about it. It just means that I have to deal with what's on right. my plate right now. Like they don't take care of my life. Like, right. you know, reading the nudes doesn't change what's happening in my yeah. life. So I need to be able to focus on those things yeah, instead of just definitely. focusing on what's happening um, on the outside of my home. And so that's kind of what I've been doing. Just yeah. trying to be more present to what's in front of me right now and not worry so much about the election or, you know, the future of COVID. Of course, it's stressful and everybody's walking around with face masks and it's making everybody look sick. But I, I try not to buy into that thought process because I know at least for me it can kind of spiral out of control I've mm -hmm. seen what it has done to my daughter um, you know she got really sick just because of what she was saying yeah. on social media about COVID you know she was thinking that we were all going to die and that it was just out in thin air and um, you know I just don't want to fall into that trap yeah. because I, I like my family is dependent on me and without my mind been in a healthy place it's like I can't really give them what I feel like I want to give them of me what I feel like they deserve because I'm the you know primary person that they look up to yeah. and that they depend on so I just want to be mindful of what I'm putting into my mind because again it has to what goes in has to come out yep Mm-hmm. And again, there's that cycle. So if I if I put that back out into the world and they have to deal with whatever, however my brain process something, then that just creates a whole yeah. trend in the family. And then eventually comes right back to you. It's literally like, you know, those um, Newton's cradles, those little balls that like I people so. have and they like tap back and forth. You know what I'm talking about? I, I don't know how okay, best to explain yeah. it, but yeah, it's just like a, they're kind of like on strings and people usually have them like their office desk. Yeah. That's how I, that's how I yeah. envision like transference of energy, which I guess is technically what it is. But, you know, so if I put something out into the world at some point, it's going to come back to me and I may not know yeah. how it got back there and I may not like how it came back, right. but I also have to understand that that's how I put it out there. And then everything Definitely. else processed that energy and then just brought that full circle. And so what you're saying is right directly to that, which is I need to make sure I'm taking in right. information that then best benefits my right. family. That supports the um, journey that, that I'm on. You know, it just kind of helps me to get more clarity in the direction that I'm going. I've been so distracted so for so long in my life um, and I know now distractions come in many, many forms and you, I can be so easily distracted. So I don't want to be thrown off focus, you know, mm -hmm. by 
what's going on in the world when I know, you know, what my main goal is. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, Denise. So we are here at the end. And in this podcast, we like to answer one question. So for you, womanhood is it a journey or is it a destination a journey things we have to assume so many roles as women and a lot of times we have to put off what what's really important to us our dreams and aspirations in order to um, be the role of a, a mother or a lover you know or a best friend and so if, at least for me in my own personal experience mm-hmm. i don't think um is just one place that I'm going. I feel like I want to be thankful and grateful and just be mm. in the present and enjoy the process of the journey. Because, um, you know, looking back, that's really, it's, it, it's all that, that matters because it, you know, it, it shapes how I'm feeling in a moment. It, it shapes how, you know, I'm looking at the future. So I don't think that womanhood is a destination because we have to go to so many places as a woman that I just want to enjoy that process Mm -hmm. and appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. (laughs) Okay. Denise says it. It's a journey. All right. Is there anything else you feel like is just really important for the listeners to hear? Yeah, um, well, before we round my out today, well, I love her. Um, it's one quote that I kind of swear by, and it just kind of mm-hmm. helps me because life can be really hard sometimes. Um, but it's you will encounter many defeats, but you must not be defeated. And so, I don't want people to kind of look at mm. failure. Is just that, like, it's only failure if you give up. Um, yeah, so just take everything as it comes hmm. and, you know, instead of expecting things from other people, just be the change that you want to see also. I like that, too, that um, about the failure aspect. Uh, it doesn't have to just be the end. And I think that that's necessary for people to hear and to know because you can keep going but you've got to make that choice to keep going and we're gonna we're gonna fail a lot you know sometimes we might fail first few minutes of the morning right and so we've got to just be willing to keep going and keep going because eventually that failure will turn into success Well, Denise, it has been such a pleasure having you on today and just getting to hear your story and giving you a place and space to just share what you've been through. Uh, I love your lively spirit. I just, I really feel you Mm -hmm. through the, through this phone. And so I'm really enjoying having heard about you and um, really getting to understand a lot more about your own pain and just how that, um, how you came in here to be vulnerable to us and, and to me and to the listeners and just how your story just gives more courage to women who are listening to people who are listening and just feeling ever grateful that you felt comfortable to come on here and share your yep. story about that. So I just really appreciate <laughs> you being here Thank this, you this so afternoon. Much for well, I, me. I really now, appreciate but, that. Yeah. Thank you for <laughs> giving me the opportunity to kind of get that out because it's not every day that I, you know, share, anything about me really so I appreciate being able to share a lot of personal stuff in one place with you and your audience so thank you for having me
Yeah. And you guys don't forget, I will have her information in the description notes. And so you can always go out there and find her uh, after this airs. So thank you, everybody, for listening today. We hope that you enjoyed today's journey of womanhood. Please join us for future episodes and stories about womanly adventures. And if you know anyone who needs to share a story or just wants to make contact with me and ask a question, you can reach out to me on Instagram at Honor Redefined. You can find Honor Redefined on Anchor, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, or any other major platforms. If you would like to connect, like I said, with our guest today, which I absolutely 100% know that you will, you can find her information in the description and the notes. If you like this episode, you can help Honor Redefined reach a wider audience by sharing, liking, or following us on Instagram. I am your host, Ariana Williams, and this is Honor Redefined. Until next next time stay true and be you